know if you knew, Dwight Howard might be joining the Warriors. I wow. actually think this is very interesting. Wow. I actually think it is. Kelly Oubre joins the 76ers. Not interesting. Uh, <laughs> winning time is canceled. Maybe you'll have a take about that. Huh. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the, the real meat of the conversation today is going to be what teams have had the best chemistry over, since the year 2000? What that. teams? And where does Denver rank in that? And then as another question alongside that, could they be even more chemistried this year? That's a great, great question. Could they? Okay. Could we? Could the ball is popping? The peak ball is popping. Year be ahead of us. So what's fascinating is the Nuggets reaching their final form kind of came as they moved further away from that. Right now, as a unit, they operated as a five-man starting unit, but they knew the bread and butter was the two-man game. And over the years, I think they've honed in on that. At their best, they can get the ball popping. That's I, a segment a little later, though. Do you want to just answer it now, or do you want to tease it? Sorry, how do we do the show? Yeah, first we tease them. Okay. Then we need like a little small talk. I'll, and then we go into depth about it. Can we start over? Um, yeah, just start over okay. here. Uh, later on, we're going to have a mailbag as well, including Vote's chance to talk about which team he'd least like to see win. I don't know what team That's it could be. It's hard to say. It's a hard guess. Uh, but I will introduce my panelist first here. The fella, Brendan Vote. Happy to be here. I woke up full of gratitude today, Adam. I woke up full of energy. I think I turned over several new leaves just on the way here mm. uh new day new me same podcast <laughs> how did you got anything you have two, any two out of ten i don't know i'm just gonna give it a score two out of ten cool uh, but i do like the turning over new leaves especially here in autumn where their leaves abound uh i will say man for people that are just tuning in i if you've missed some of the last shows we had pj dozier on on friday he was phenomenal i feel like we had a fantastic show yesterday you go back even further d-line was in the house just for a couple days He's back in philly like a man lives there he jokes about it. he actually is a philadelphian now um he should be back end of week maybe next week for how long yeah, who knows? So maybe knows? for a couple, a cup of tea, maybe two cups of tea. I missed you, Eric. But there have been some great shows going all the way back to last week. I really feel like, you know how it is. You go to the deep off season. That's for the sickos. But then as you start, we're, Media Day is two weeks away. We'll be at training camp in San Diego in two weeks from today. That, we'll be out there. That is, I was thinking about that last night, and that is hard to believe. And I'm fully ready, though. I know we had our, Me too. I know we had our championship hangover, I yeah, guess. Yeah, for sure we did. The best kind of hangover. Yeah. But I feel... Ready. I'm I'm ready to turn the page to the defending the title nuggets, and I'm I like the the question today a lot. Yeah, I, you know what's funny though? I saw the this is the time of year where the like Yoke probably gets back in the time. Maybe he doesn't get back till the actual day of. Yeah, but right. Murray and some of these guys mm -hmm. will start to get in and start to be working out and just getting in shape because you don't want to go into training camp out of shape. You want to be in shape for it. So now's the time guys will start coming into town a little bit more and more. And I saw the first video of LeBron shooting like standstill jumpers mm -hmm. and somebody was like LeBron's ready he's for locked your in. he's locked in for 21 I was I'll like do, I'll do you one better did you see Draymond and Chris Paul taking corner threes together yeah. and the caption was they're building chemistry yeah they're building chemistry um I saw some very funny memes about that one by the way <laughs> um but let's start here with a couple news and notes some good players that have joined teams Dwight Howard is going to meet with Steve Kerr I believe today and some other members of the front office um because they're interested. They're not sure if they want to bring him in or not. Mm. They want to vet him over the course of a dinner. Now, here's what's funny I'm about sure he's this. he's going to crush the interview. <laughs> this, this is what I was going to say. Like, 99 out of 100 times, no matter who it is, you know, you're like, hey, go to dinner. Chew with your mouth closed. Say yes, sir. Or thank you, sir. Like, we just kind of do this, and they'll give you a contract. Dwight Howard, 50-50 to blow 50 -50 this one. 50-50 to blow it. I also, like... I don't mean this to be what's left to learn about who Dwight Howard is. We're <laughs> so pretty true. far into the experience, but well, on, in all sincerity, what's left to learn is the idea of, Hey, you're coming to this team. Can you like buy in? You're right. not the guy. You might have to come off the bench. You might not play every night, but are you that guy? Do you want to, do you want to do that? Yeah. I, and it's what he did for the Lakers. He was hugely successful in that, to be honest, as much as we hated it. And we think maybe there was an, some uh, some swallowed whistles. Yeah, he he bought in. He played his role. It helped deliver the Lakers a title. And now he gets to parade himself as a Jokic stopper. Um, so I think it's a flyer worth taking because I actually think to date him as an agitator has been one of the best strategies against the best big in the league. And I think the Warriors needed more bodies of bigs. Yeah. You know, there's Kevon Looney who does a lot of that dirty work, but. It's kind of the position they've lacked, and James Wiseman sure didn't look at, work out. Not that Dwight's going to be a prolific player, but just a big body that would allow them to have some different dynamics and, and lineup variability. So I agree with you. I think Jokic solves guys. 
And I think he solved Dwight Howard. He saw him the last year he was with the Lakers. Like, he goes to the bubble, and I agree with you. I just thought Dwight Howard, for some reason, that bubble, the further we get away from it, the more it annoys me about, I just feel like it was kind of phony all around. Yoke was in foul trouble every game of that freaking series. Never in foul trouble. It's one of the great things about him. But he was every time, and a lot of these were like off-ball fouls they called on Jokic against Dwight somehow. Like, they oh, were horseshit. They were horseshit. Yeah, they had to like, whatever. Come on. But nonetheless, Dwight Howard did bother him, you know, in that series, whether it was through fouls or just physicality. And... But I think Jokic solved him. If you remember the next year after that, he murdered Dwight Howard right. on the Lakers. Like right, He just right. was going at him like, yeah, this guy doesn't bother me at all. That being said, there is one strategy that works against the Nuggets better than any other one. It doesn't work to shut them down, but it does help, help the margins more than anything else, which is can you put a good on-ball, undersized defender on him, and then can you help with a second big who can cover space and protect the rim? Draymond Green is the single best guy at doing this. Right. He's the single best guy at saying, okay, he's undersized, but he's going to get extra physical because Draymond gets away with everything. Like He gets to be extra physical. Lower body, center of gravity, which for bigs is hard when you can kind of stack the box and send help. And then Dwight Howard covers a lot of ground. Kevon Lodi can cover a lot of ground. It gives them a three. It would give them a three-person rotation that I actually think would make a meaningful impact on Jokic. Right. And while I still think Jokic is good enough to overcome it, and I think the Nuggets are good enough to overcome it, to me – the risk of Dwight Howard causing a scene and causing controversy there is worth the reward for the Warriors of, hey, this if it works and it's not a distraction, would actually make them better against Denver. And they can probably fancy themselves one of those orgs and culture that if it doesn't work out with Dwight, he's gone before it ripples into the locker room and permeates. You know, I think they're maybe this isn't true, but they might fancy themselves as above that with Steph and Steve Kerr and just the pedigree that they all have, right? So Dwight could be bigger than the Orlando Magic, especially when he was in his prime. You would think he knows that's not the case in Golden State. It is also true that Draymond and Dwight are the two players I've seen that have been allowed to be the most physical and handsy with Jokic. And so I think it's worth a flyer for the Warriors. And I think, obviously, it's the Nugget show. We're looking at this through the lens of how does it change the matchup with Denver. But I wouldn't be surprised if that was like line one or two and why they're making the move anyway. As we've said, it might be the time now where teams are starting to stack up against Jokic more than the elite wings of the league of yesterday. This would be a total, we're stacking up against Jokic. I mean, that would be a total move for that. Who else is Dwight Howard being called in for? They have Kevon Looney, who's a phenomenal center. Right. They have Draymond Green, who's the best small ball center to ever play. They have the things they need already in place. You only add a third big like that, and especially with such a high-profile high one with the, the, the Nuggets in mind. So for clearly, to me, it seems like a Nuggets-esque move. Um, but then you have the other factor of, you know, the Chris Paul thing is already weird as can be. Sure. Dwight Howard. Are the Warriors the Lakers? Oh, man. The Warriors are the Lakers now. All right. They're, so, the, they're the Lakers. This is the most unlovable team you could. If you add Dwight Howard to that, and I don't mean unlovable as in, yeah, we're the bad boys, as in like, no, not, they're not unlovable in that they're edgy. It's Dwight Howard. They might not love each other. Um, I think you shipped out the one guy Draymond did punch for probably my number one candidate of people he would punch he in would the future. He would punch, yeah. Um, and number two candidate, true, honestly. Like yeah, maybe number one and two. Oh, that's true, yeah. So there is – but I kind of get the Warriors – I do think you're either like resetting entirely or you're just this group, yeah, what makes right. us better. They're kind of at the end. You just go for it, I think. This is the like Botox, at, at, you know, yeah, where you're like, yeah. it's not quite, I'm not, I, you can tell it's Botox. But I think I prefer it to the wrinkles. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I yeah. look a you can ask me about here. it if you see it. <laughs> I'll tell you who my doctor was. Um, so. I don't know. I look at that one and I go, I do think it would make them better. I don't know that. I, it also makes them more volatile, and that's the Warriors. Like, you have to up the risk to maintain the reward mm. possibility, and the risk just goes through the roof. I also think, you know, they're in a weird spot when you look at how they finished last year on that side of the bracket. I don't think anyone really knows how good the Warriors are, including the Warriors. So there's just a little yeah. bit of, like, I don't know. This is a, It's a chaotic move, but in a way that makes sense to me right now. Can you imagine if like Steph and Clay go down for some reason and the Warriors are just Chris Paul, Dwight Howard and and uh <laughs> Draymond Green and we're like who the hell what is this? I would make a motion to put them on national TV every night. Every night. Every yeah, night, they'd have to be. And maybe a reality show. Yeah. Steph's going to have the greatest on off this year. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um Kelly Oubre is going to the 76ers. Yeah. Another one that's like I don't. Full disclosure, Kelly Oubre is probably one of those guys I undervalue a little bit because I don't like him. 
I just don't like that mold of player. And largely what I don't like about him is that he didn't work out in the Warriors in large part because he thought he needed the ball a little bit more. Mm. I, anytime I hear something like there's certain things you can do where I'm like, I overweigh this so much because that type of person has just never like vibed with me right. as a player or whatever. Sure, sure. So Kelly Oubre goes to the 76ers. He's a really good defensive player. Like I would say a pretty elite defensive player. Don't love his shot selection. Can't really shoot outside. Does this do any? Is this even news to you, or is this like not really news? It's not really news. I will say it's another move that kind of makes sense to me. Insofar, this is this is a move you don't make if you're a team like Denver with all the stability you have and you have your rotation figured out. If you're a team like Philly who feels they're just a little bit of talent away from finally turning a corner, it's a move you talk yourself into. Yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a. The floor can fall out from this signing. It can go disastrously. Uh, no, the whole 76 situation. The whole, it, precisely. And so, it, again, kind of makes sense. Um, but there's, I do think they're kind of in a... I don't know how talented the 76ers are. I do think they need to maybe take some they flyers. They need some talent, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't say I love the move, but I always try to understand at least the logic behind it. Yeah. You know what... <laughs> Is this the year, as you look around, because I don't think any teams made themselves into contenders this year out of nothing, maybe Dallas, but you look around and you think, these teams were flawed last year, outside of the Nuggets. These teams were flawed. And this year, I feel like everybody's kind of doubled down on the higher thing, the risk for us, the reward. I just mean every team's volatile. So we just talked about the Warriors. They're yeah. volatile. The Lakers are super defended on LeBron James and Anthony Davis's healthy, which is even more volatile this year than it was last just by virtue of them being older. And then they bring in some guys that are like not necessarily proven commodities to round right. out their roster, even though they have high upside. I just, and then you look at the 76ers. There's just a lot of teams that I look at and I go that there's a path where it makes them better. But there's a lot of paths where it makes them the same and some paths where it makes them chaotic. Right. And I just feel like that might be the tone of the year this year. See, the Nuggets winning the title, I think, put most of the league on their back foot in that sometimes a team wins a title and you just can see, okay, this was the end of the rope. Yeah. Or like the star got it done, but there's going to be a lot of turnover. The Nuggets won a title in a way that at least looks very sustainable. All five of those guys are coming back. Yeah. No one's too old. And so any other team that has an aging superstar or at least a, a convince themselves a chance to win the title, you have to go for it, and you can't turn yourself into the Nuggets overnight. Right, You yeah, can't. Yeah. So for some of these teams, this What's is the, uh, this is the, the, the roll of the dice, is maybe we can just out-talent them. So that being said, DeMarcus Cousins is a guy that I still feel like. like you think about bigs that could scare you. DeMarcus Cousins doesn't scare me as like he's going to be your starting big. But if the Warriors or Lakers or one of those teams were to add him – that's a guy that I would look at. And I don't know if any team wants to risk him for eight months because you have to go through the training camp and all that. Like, right. that's why I don't think he's not signed. But I do look around and go, what if Phoenix added him? Yeah, I at, could see that. At the last two weeks of the season. And now it's like, okay, we have this guy who's going to at least maybe give Jokic a foul or two and maybe make Jokic play an extra couple minutes. To me, that that's another guy. I just feel like Dwight Howard, is he really more or less of a risk than Boogie? No, I don't think so. I, the Boogie thing is is – I don't want to say surprising because it seems like the situation is, you know, telling us what it is, staring us in the face and saying, like, look, no one wants this guy. But first of all, he's better right now than Dwight Howard is just yeah. as a player. He has more to offer still, more in the tank. Um, there are a lot of teams. Who, when we did that exercise last year going through the second units, thinking we'd have Denver in the bottom third, and we were very surprised to see how high we had them. The point being, so many second units are terrible. And it's... It's hard for me to believe that there's not a team that can convince themselves Boogie makes them better. The Suns, I think, are the obvious candidate. That does make sense. Yeah, the Suns. I mean, they're maybe Lakers or just one of these teams that just... Sure. I mean, here's the thing. You're the Lakers. You're like, DeMarcus Cousins, he's going to get a lot of foul calls in our jerseys. That's true. <laughs> right? That's true. He's going to shoot 12 free throws a game. Uh, last one here. Winning time got canceled. I don't know if you know this. The show that was on HBO, I believe? Yes, And correct. it's about the Lakers sort of, you know, in the 80s. Um, it really the NBA in the eighties, but most well, it's the Lakers. Let's be honest. Um, you know, I'm ridiculous about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know that. Yeah. For example, I will not eat at in and out in the state of Colorado. Right. I, because I, there's this weird thing, not that fast food is like an important like indicator of culture, but it's at least, and, and I don't want them here. Yeah. Sure. Like, you know what? I want to keep the California influence out. Um, I didn't watch winning time and refused to watch it mostly because it was about the Lakers. Is this my most ridiculous principled stance? 
it, I will two pronged answer. Yes, <laughs> and I love it. I'm with you. Uh, I, I I didn't watch a single episode. Uh, streets are telling me it somehow ended on the Celtics winning yeah, the title. Great. That's great. News. Where's Where's Laking Ball? Honestly, the happiest I've been <laughs> about a Celtics title ever in my life. Um, no, I didn't watch any of it either. And uh, I, yeah, I'll stop there. Well, here's the one thing I'll say. This is the thing that bothers me so much about, um, you know, some of this is the capital J journalism thing, but some of this is just about the the like the way media works in the 21st century. I know the Lakers stories. I know their history as well as I know the Nuggets, if not better, because everyone has told those stories over and over and sure. over again. They are our history. You want stories on the Nuggets? You got to go through deep archives on the internet. Like you might have to go to the library and get the microfish out to read old stories about them. The Lakers stories are everywhere. So part of me was just kind of like, oh, it's a story about the like. How many stories about the NBA pre nineteen ninety can you tell me? Sure, sure. Lakers Celtics. Lakers Celtics. Yeah, is that's pretty a much big it. Um, yeah. yeah, and this is my and so that was part of my principled, albeit admittedly ridiculous stance because I heard it was well written, well produced, and all these things. But again, there's just something too. People telling me I need to watch the one story I actually know about, like that's over and how, over. That's again. how I felt about the Dream Team doc, man. I know you feel a little yeah. differently about that one. Not really. But I was like, wasn't that long ago? Yeah, it was it? <laughs> I remember. Also, I re- it's been told. And it's like, been told so many times. Not that compelling. I'm, of course, yeah. they won. You know. Uh, well, no, they make it way more compelling yeah. than, than they sure. needed it to be. I, having said that, I recognize that Dish is entertainment for the masses, and the masses. Uh, love the idea of a Lakers Celtics drama. I get it, but I'm telling you, man, this Nuggets thing, like the 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 <laughs> oh my God, yes, fraud city, <laughs> uh, the no coast bias, yeah. just even our insecurity. I'll say it, which now feels different since they won. We oh yeah, we're it. so security. Yeah, we're now. just like it's actually just being the best fans. It's like in my blood now, man. We talked about it on an unnamed show yesterday. I'm I'm so partial to the the overlooked stories now, yeah. and just, that stuff just doesn't do it for me. Dude, Yoke's gonna win the MVP, the Finals MVP, the Olympic gold, and LeBron's gonna be like Player of the Year somehow. You right, know, like, right, you know right, what right. I mean? Sure. This, this is how it's just gonna go. So these things, and then there'll be a documentary on LeBron's year this year, and it'll just be like oh, produced really? by LeBron. Maverick Carter. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, let's take a break. On the other side, let's talk about chemistry. Mm-hmm. Speaking of chemistry. There it is. This is not a segue. I'm, I'm going to start over. Have you ever heard of Circa Resort and Casino? It's Vegas's <laughs> first ever adults-only casino resort. Saves time checking IDs at the bars because they check them at the door. That sounds like a very small detail. It is not. I did not realize till I stayed at Circa how much of a bar line is just people checking IDs. That's done. It's out of the way. Um, and it's adults-only casino. And let's face it, a lot of folks heading to Vegas are looking for an adults-only experience. It's also the world's largest sports book. Uh, it's got a sick casino and stadium swim, 4,000-person capacity, a 143-by-40-foot LED screen where you can watch all your bets play out. And yeah, it's a resort with over 500 rooms with a variety of layouts to fit your needs. Elevate your evening at the Legacy Club or any one of their restaurants. If you're heading out to Vegas for Broncos Raiders, Avs Knights, uh, Pac-12, or Mountain West alum, book your stay with code DNVR for 20% Circa rules. off, man. Circa they rules. Uh, also, Circa Sportsbook is available in Colorado. Download the app now if you're located in Colorado. Circa Sports bets can only be made while physically located in the state. You must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circa Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one. Uh, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit Colorado. Dot org. Ilich, I think is his name. I'm talking about the Serbian goalkeeper that plays for the Colorado Rapids. Have you heard about this? Uh, yeah, Ilich. 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 He uh, got the start recently in that, that win. That I heard he was win, good. And he looked really, really good. Uh, so Serbian listeners, if you're looking for some more gateways into our other DNVR content, how about a Serb starting goal for the Rapids up the pids? Edimo, head over to coloradorapids.com slash DNVR to learn more and buy your tickets today. Alrighty, we are back here. Let's get to our main topic today. Championship teams with great chemistry. There are one thing about basketball that has been true in the NBA for probably going on, I would say, 35 years or so. 35 years. Is that you don't have to have great chemistry to win a championship. I do think the NBA evolved starting in the 90s and really coming to a head in like the 2010s where you could have a best player and a bunch of role players that 
it's like they do you have does PJ Tucker have good chemistry with anybody? Like I no, he stands in the corner. His job's easy. Sure. He doesn't like his job has been reduced to two things and they don't necessarily need great chemistry to do that. You think about like the eighty six Celtics, that was a team that just all five parts, even the eighties Nuggets, to be honest with you, this is the passing game, their style of offense that was like unpredictable. It was, hey, we all just kind of know our tendencies and we have this great chemistry. So if we go back to the year 2000, I just always like to use that. To me, this is the new modern era is post-2000. If we go back there, which is its own weird conversation because it used to be that 90 was the cutoff and then 90, like the Jordan era on became right. the modern era. I almost now go like 80 to 2000 is an era yeah. and 2000 beyond I is an era. That's fair. Um, 23 years later. But, but if we go to the year 2000, I have a list of the teams that I think had the best chemistry. And maybe we should just go through real quick my list so I can give you um, so we can just go through real quick list of NBA champions let's just start with 2000 was the Lakers yeah this team had pretty good chemistry to be honest with you but it was still like two players even more so by a lot than the Nuggets it was two players there was more ISO even though it was out of the triangle there was still more ISO I wouldn't say that they make my final cut even though they had better chemistry than people remember 2001 really good chemistry that team smacked but again i think it was mostly the lakers just had great players 2002 team was actually a little bit more on the fritz they didn't even have the best chemistry that year i think that the um sacramento did they out chemistry them but nonetheless they had the talent 2003 spurs were mostly like a boring they had good chemistry but it was mostly defensive chemistry to be honest with you 2004 pistons had incredible chemistry it's one of the un underrated and forgotten teams, in my opinion, yeah. of the last 25 years. And it, the, I already can tell you, if the Nuggets don't win another title, they will be thought of it like the 2004 Pistons, which is to say never thought of. Right. But also, like, everybody was like, they were so good. Yeah, if you bring them up, yeah. people, oh, love that team. And they'll always get like honorable mention in every <laughs> list, no matter what. But to me, they were a, a group of players, the five guys, and then Tayshaun Prince, the six guys, that just fit together so well. Mm -hmm. That you were like, oh, yeah, they cover all bases. Different stylistically, but like structurally similar to, you know, the Spurs beating the Heat. Like, it's just, yeah. it's, it, they, now, I mean, Chauncey wasn't Tim Duncan, but they just had a, it, it's this dynamic we're getting at today, you know, in this era, the Pistons are the OG squad that brought it. 2005 and 2007 Spurs are hard for me to differentiate in my mind. 2003 was more like largely Duncan. I mean, 2005 and 7 were also, he was easily the best player, but it was a little bit different. But nonetheless, again, more defensive team. 2006 Miami Heat was just Dwayne Wade being crazy. 2008 Boston. That was sick, but this is my birth into basketball fandom right here. 2006? Because like, I was, I mean, I was born in 1993, so like I saw stuff. But 2006 watching Dwayne Wade's run, my buddy was a huge fan. He's like, you have to sit down and watch all these games. Yeah. And it, it changed life for me you're gonna hate this one but the 2008 boston celtics just an incredible fit they like, were they, they fit together so I well mean, you man. could argue it's worth more than one you know <laughs> you can make that argument well honestly like this is the thing is if denver only wins one somehow they'll be the pistons rather than the celtics even though i'd argue they're better than both and have had like more dominant runs than both but though wow, I, I never knew how bad i need this second title yeah but, i'm telling you every time you start yeah. to think about it you're like you know what i want more we need more um 2009-10 Lakers, no. I mean, they had a good chemistry. They had good chemistry, underrated, but it wasn't like that. Uh, 2011 Mavericks, same thing. Pieces all fit, but it wasn't like ball is popping. It was give Dirk the ball, play defense. Yeah, play like a L. lot of defense, yeah. yeah. Um, 2012 and 2013 Heat, same thing. LeBron and – I mean, they had Joel Anthony and Mario Chalmers. Like, they did, those guys, it was not a team team thing. Correct. 2014 Spurs, definitely on my finals list. Are you Has kidding me? Like that, we're, we'll talk about them in a minute. 2015 Warriors, definitely on my final list. Cool. Incredible ball is popping basketball. Maybe the best ball is popping basketball we've ever seen. 2016 Cavs, nope, that was the LeBron and Kyrie show. 17 18. The, at what moments, changed? At moments, but no, they don't make the list for me here because that was the KD show. Yeah. The Raptors, no. The Lakers of 2020, no. The Bucks of 2021, no. Warriors 2022, kind of back to the old one. I think I think I could probably put them on the list. And then, of course, the Nuggets. So my top five, I went with number five, the 2008 Celtics. Number four, the 2004 Pistons. Number three, the 2023 Nuggets. I think they come in third. I think you have this right. And I think number two all time. It's crazy to say this is number two. But it's the 2015 Warriors. Now, that team had unbelievable chemistry. The passes were so fast, so crisp. But they still, 
it was the shooting that made them feel different than my number one team, which is the 2014 Spurs, which was less dominant. But they also had less, like, offensive star power and somehow made it work just the same. There is also this chaotic element to Golden State where they might lose a game because they think their chemistry is that and they're behind the back pass out of bounds yeah. and stuff. And I think the Spurs just had a more airtight operation. But the, 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 the Warriors thing was a bit more like jazz to me where the Spurs thing was a bit more of like sheet music that was impeccable. So it's kind of different. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. The 2014 title is the most impressive te- concentrated team effort I've ever seen. I agree. We're running this back. We are going to beat an all-time aggregation of talent and it won't be close. Yeah. Uh, and and there was ju- everyone. They just did it. They yeah. ran and they and they played the right way. So, I think they're number one. I and they had the most highlights of balls popping. Like, do you remember in that finals? There was like highlight reels about the beautiful game because they would have these possessions that were like twelve passes, and it would end in a wide open layup. And so that totally. Heat team was an elite defensive team. They were unbelievable in right. how they could fly around and cover space, and yet they were getting layups. They were getting 20 to 2 runs routinely in the finals. Just not making mistakes. No mistakes. I'm with you, man. I, I like your top three. I thought about it a lot, you know, from the perspective of obviously we're the Nuggets show. We're going to have this team somewhere on this list. They had so many more moments. We talked about it on yesterday's show. The confusion at the end of the games we saw from the Lakers and the Heat trying to deal with Denver's offense. And I, it really, truly was reminiscent of the 2015 Warriors, of just watching teams trying, thinking they know what's coming and not having an answer. Right. And, and so I do think the Nuggets, that possession we talked about yesterday, where Jokic sprints into the DHO, spins, kicks it to MPJ. Oh, yeah. It's like, what do you, what do, you do? You know the thing about that, though, is it was only like two passes. I know. That's the thing. That is the difference. The Warriors and Spurs almost would have like 10 passes is to true. get there, which is more complicated. But sometimes Denver, it really was like, yeah, it's, it's almost simpler. It starts with these two. And if something opens itself up, it does. But it's it, it, it was different. And, it, and I do think, well, you could say this about the Warriors and the Spurs as well. It's easy to overstate the team thing when all of these teams did have the best player in the world on their team yeah. that year, arguably. Um, not the Spurs, but... At some in some championships they did, but the Nuggets did have both. And at their best, it was a uh, it wasn't those two. It was those five, and it was that someone would be open, and yeah. that more often than not, the Nuggets would find that person. And they had the one guy that just always finds the right guy. I I'll say this: I do think the 2023 Nuggets are closer to the 2014 Spurs than they are, say, the 2001 Lakers. Yeah, because as much as it is a two players that fit perfectly well, the same way Kobe and Shaq did, they fit perfectly well. It still is a little bit more like the ball does pop more and it is more dependent on the ability to get all of the guys going. Yeah. Now, here's the real question, though, that I I think is interesting. Could the Nuggets actually have better chemistry in 2024? Is it possible that we're actually just seeing? I mean, KCP, this was his first year with playing with these guys. Aaron Gordon, it was his first year playing with Jamal Murray. Right. He played with MPJ and Jokic. He had a little bit of reps there, but he never really played with Murray other than two, eight games two years ago. So this year was a new experience for him, and it was a ex- new experience for Murray. All those guys playing for the first time, here's the minutes for you, Vote. They played 706 minutes together in the regular season and 376 in the playoffs, so about 1,100 minutes total last year. They played as a five-man unit, which is a lot. They play more than most five-man units. I think more than any, actually. They had a plus 13 net and a 124 offensive rating. If you don't know, 124 is like astronomical, astronomical offensive rating. They crush offensively with that unit, and they're good defensively. In the playoffs, when defenses went up, and they went up against all these other great five-man lineups, that number dropped all the way down to 9.5 net. They outscored teams by 9.5 points per 100 possessions, which is a butt-whooping, and they had a 119.2 offensive rating, which, again, is like – Hall of Fame all-time level. So that was the first 1,000 minutes basically together. Sure. And a a quarter of those or a third of those were in the playoffs, which to me count as double because those minutes are like intense minutes. I think it's actually not just reasonable, should maybe be expected, that that lineup is going to have better chemistry this year by a noticeable amount. Throw another dynamic in there to to add on to your point. Porter's a guy who's stopping and starting and missing minutes too and missing large swaths of playing alongside yeah. those two guys. AG and Jokic. And and Jamal and Jokic okay. just all together, right? Oh, but, right, right. Um, yeah, I think the obvious answer to the headroom question is yes. 
I am a little hesitant about whether that will manifest because I like at the end of the day, the two man game approach, they went 16 and four. But don't they play off each other? Like, I don't feel like those are two separate things. The, I, the two man yes. game just is the starting point. Well, that I agree with that. I think at their worst, it can be just that. Just and and that's maybe a comment on Jamal looking for points from the two of them out of that action. Where at their best, Jamal knows that action unlocks myriad opportunities to score. So I agree with you that there's a there's a symphony. I just wonder. I'm very curious to see. Malone is maybe the biggest part of this. If having won the title allows everyone to loosen their grip on the steering wheel. So, whereas you might have said, we need this game in February last year or the year before, and it looks like this for the last two minutes with no deviation, is there a little more willingness to just kind of, you know, be jazz with it out there as opposed to just it all starts with this? Um, I think the answer is yes. But the other part of it is, though, do they just find themselves there? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sometimes the ball is popping by accident or just by, like, we ran a play. It didn't work, but it did open up this, and boom, 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 pass, 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 and now it's there. I think there's – I don't know if this will materialize, but KCP and Porter being part of the flow rather than just – designated finishers yeah. does that make sense right i think there's maybe more room for that particularly porter who first of all that's the game plan when his teammates pass him the ball they want him to shoot yeah. but can you pass the ball to mike with different intentions and different expectations and i think the answer could be yes uh, i i think your point about headroom with chemistry is actually almost undeniable it'll come with reps and then you also have the best possible best player for hoping to see this happen he he that's his goal in the first half of the season, right? Is to make sure everyone's where they need to be. So uh, the answer is yes. It's on the table for sure. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, I want to look at specific players. Another angle of why Denver might have better. The ball might pop a little bit more this year. Sure. You may have figured out how to watch your Denver Nuggets. You may have noticed the sports season changed over here. A lot of college football to watch. Pac-12, uh, Colorado and Boulder. The Broncos, NFL Network, NFL Red Zone. So much going on, and you want to make sure you can watch it from the comfort of your home. Check out Fubo, 140 live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device and watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. Watch all your college football and the NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. How about those buffs? How about them? Scope. Illegal Pete's go-to spots for burritos, buddies, and beers. It's also my favorite spot to do a little patio drinking, which might be my favorite part about living in Colorado. <laughs> they offer handmade mission-style burritos, bowls, tacos, crafted with... What am I doing telling you guys about Illegal Pete's? You know where it is. You know what it is. It's delicious, and they've got happy hours from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. every day at all 12 locations. Check them out, Illegal Pete's. They've been doing it for 28 years. Alrighty, and we are back here, segment three, DNVR Nuggets podcast. Um, so let's talk about the ball popping upgrades here. Balls popping upgrades. We just talked about the chemistry of Michael Porter in particular, who I think has the most headroom to to work himself into the system. And also, we just know this: when Porter hits shots, the paint opens up a little bit more. Sure. We saw that. I've been watching. I told you I've been rewatching all these games from the playoffs. Every game Porter has a quarter. Like I think it was game six against the Suns. I'm watching. Like, I can't remember if it was five or six where he's going off in the first quarter. Yeah. And it's just like one of those where you're like, oh yeah, they did a good job of defense on that one. But um, Porter just decided to make his shots this game. Yeah. And so he hit like four threes in the quarter. And then you end up with, you know, games and series, a whole series where he couldn't hit a three to save his life. They were still guarding. They him. still guarding him. Yeah. And yeah, they're not. No one wants to leave him open. So Porter. That I think Porter will be better this year. Knock on wood that he's healthy, but if he's healthy, he's going to have a better year this year, and that alone just makes the ball pop in a little bit easier, as well as them integrating him into the system. Agreed. Um, I think you could even make the case for Aaron Gordon spending all this time with Jokic. I mean, I'm just so I have this fan fiction in my head that might be true, where Jokic is watching basketball seminars as we discussed yesterday about Jelko Brodovich. He's calling up somebody to get a message to Brodovich to say, hey. By the way, the translation, which I posted yesterday. So on Twitter, I posted the actual... We talked about this on the show yesterday. We went in depth, but then I posted the right. actual translation. And it was funny because he said... I'm going to read the phrasing here. He sent a message through a friend about a detail of our game that he thought we should try something. 
I understood it and immediately applied it. So it's almost like he sent a coded message to someone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, vote. Tell Malone he needs to use uh, X out when they're running their side action. You know, whatever like this. And like the guy's like, all right, let me write this yeah, down. So I don't know what the F you're saying. Yeah. He said, and he gives him the code and he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, all That's right. genius. Yeah. So I kind of love this like fan fiction yeah. in my head of how this yeah. went down. The um, language barrier makes it much easier yeah. on the translation. <laughs> so then... So then I'm wondering, like, okay, so AG's going out there. I just wonder if there's a part of Yoke that's always, like, frustrated when people don't understand a thing, but then also just, like, the coach is the coach. And, by the way, in that interview, just, again, another thing in here is he said something. This is Obradovich, the greatest coach in Europe, speaking about a message that Jokic delivered him. And he said something about you have to listen to players. Like, you, as a coach, you can't be so prideful to think players can't give you. He's in a brilliant basketball mind. Of course I would listen to his advice. But then he says, but I repeat, it is the coach who ultimately decides. And I am really interested in what Jokic would say to all of that I'm saying now. And I love I love, that part. I love this I love part, that part too because there is a thing where Abradovich is, I think, and one of the things I learned about Serbian basketball culture is that the co- it's much more like college where it's like the coach has the way. And who, what player could you possibly— You hear it in Yoke's answer. That's not my job. That's, that's not that's my the, job. That's the coach's job. In the NBA, it's a little different where it's like, no, the players really run the show. And if they want to coach fire, we always think about it in terms of like personnel decisions. If you want this guy on the team, he'll demand it or this or that. But I do wonder if a coach's job is also to lead and to make the strategic decisions. And a player can give great advice and great intel. But ultimately, Abradovich is saying it's the coach who needs to make that. Otherwise, it becomes confusing. Sure. I think this is kind of what he's saying. And so a good coach will always heed the advice Listen. of the Jokic. But a good Jokic would never tell the coach he that's... would merely suggest. I think Jokic would probably agree with this. The one thing I will say is that this is one of many differences between European culture and American mm-hmm. culture. And it's one way in which those cultures influence the sport. And I don't know that it's necessarily wrong for Jokic to actually speak up and say, no, we're doing things wrong. We need to do it this way and actually override the coach in specific moments. But I also just wonder if he's even comfortable. And I wonder to what degree he has that internal conflict for how he was raised versus like, well, I'm growing to learn that in this league, sometimes I should. I think what you just described is maybe the perfect framing for the Jokic story. We've talked about how at its best basketball schools of thought and cultures borrow from one another. And I think we've watched Jokic learn that. He was the best Serbian player alive, and he came to the best league in the world where things were done differently. And to be the best player in the world in that league, he had to learn a little bit of the American stuff, particularly when to just put your foot down and go, it's my it's, call, it's I'm, my time, it's I'm my, the guy. Yeah. I'm the guy. Which I think the MVP seasons taught him, I mean, maybe he already knew it, but it he got to showcase that and embrace it more. So first of all, I think Jokic would absolutely agree with that guy's point about the coaching. One question I've been kicking myself for having not asked Jokic this year. Gordon gave that exit interview where he talked about getting smarter. I, A, wanted to know Jokic's perspective on to what extent he was successful in that. And B, if Jokic ever felt inclined to help him reach that goal. Do they do, are there one-on-one film sessions? Are there, and I'm not expecting that, but are there moments? Gordon has told us that Jokic is way more vocal than you think. Well, this is why I brought it up is because those two spending some time together this summer, presumably it seems getting even closer I just wonder if there's a little bit like they're out there in Serbia. What are they working on? I wonder if Yoke's like, you know, a thing I think you could probably do. Right. You know, or like, hey, let's develop a new chemistry off of this action. And maybe they're not talking sports at all. Maybe it's just horse racing and beer and maybe they work out together. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But but maybe it comes this year just from that relationship. Maybe there's something too, like, hey, we won a title, but now you can take this on. I know it's against, you know, your upbringing. It's like a little different culturally, but here – in the U.S., in the NBA, it's actually a virtue, not a vice. This is where fan fiction meets on the table, and it's yeah. the best place to yeah, live as a fan. So true. Because it's the story I'm telling myself, or at least curious about, because you know Gordon is in a place in his life and career where he is receptive to that, if not actively seeking it out. Name a player who understood their assignment more than Aaron Gordon showing up to Denver and going, I'm going to do whatever he says, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to play the way he wants to play. So I think that's all on the table. Uh, and again, I don't know, it's probably not one-on-one film sessions, but to what extent does Jokic just pull him aside and be like, hey man, you're a good passer. Like when you go into this Euro step or when you go up and you know, like just maybe this passes here and you haven't seen it, just little things, right? right? And 
I think we're seeing Jokic level up in that regard with each year. But seeing that, like that being on display for all of us, I think would be one of the more fun developments of this season. And it would up the chemistry of the team. And that's the thing is it's like there's something to – it's you're not out of line to tell Aaron. He wants to hear it. Like if you have an idea for him to that's how he can make things easier, he wants to hear that's it. it. And maybe that's a part where Jokic can go. And I see a comment in the in here that's from Warhun Serbia who says, Adam, that would be against the essence of Jokic. Here's the thing. Here's my personal belief. The essence of a person, I do think you are right that this is like essence, in yep. him. But I but the essence of a person is not fixed. The person can change and evolve and this or that. And I'm always I always think about this is like a Gladwell story. I can't remember if it's from Outliers or Tipping Point or one of those, right? Where he talks about Korean pilots had this insanely high crash rate despite the fact that they were like tested as some of the best pilots in the world. And they determined it was largely because culturally you, you were just, it was so foreign for them to question a superior. So all of these co-pilots would be sitting there as if a plane's about to crash and not say anything because it would be huh. inappropriate for them huh. to question their lead pilots. And so they had this crazy... The whole reason of having a co-pilot is you have a second set of eyes on everything, but culturally there was this weird thing um, you know, with the pilots. And I this is how I feel when you say it's the essence of a person. I totally understand that this might be in part baked into the culture and history and, and all of those things of Serbia. But at the same time, one of the advantages of being able to leave your country and go abroad, Correct. as the Serbian forefathers yes. really believed when they decided to make basketball the, uh, a national sport, was they were like, we can only learn so much. You have to go somewhere else to learn other things. And I just feel like this could be, again, I don't know, but it could be an example of Jokic being like, okay, this thing that is like core to me is actually holding me back in some way, some small way. Sure. I don't need to completely change who I am. Right. But can filter it in a little bit. Essential to who he is, the essence, right? Essential to who he is, essential to his success. However, I am, I think I know the answer on this. I'm fairly confident Jokic being willing to be malleable in his essence or grow or hold his beliefs lightly in the yeah, palm of his hand. Yeah, there you go. Hand. Our Nietzsche reference. Look at us. I, uh, what else do we want to do let's today, go, dude? Bro, dude. <laughs> this shit yeah. is easy. Uh, yeah. I, I Now I forgot my point. Damn it. That there's <laughs> that, that um, I don't know if he would have won two MVPs in a title if he wasn't willing right. to bend on the essence. Right. And I think. That's why that line at the end, I, I'm so curious what Jokic would say. But yeah, me too. I kind of want to ask him. Like, I want to figure too. out a very clever we gotta way. We got to learn Serbian, bro. I know, and, we really And do. wear disguises. Because yeah, right. you ask this question, and... he'd just look at you and be like. Right. That's why I grew yeah, the mustache, bro. I'm just going to try to trick yeah. him. Um, I do think it's really interesting. This is, by the way, like <laughs> we're making so many references today. <laughs> Early Game of Thrones was so, like, fascinating. Because you had all of these people from different, like the people of the north were honorable, but also like unwilling to break it. And it hurt them in some ways that they were unable to break who they were right. or whatever. Their weakness, maybe. It was maybe yeah. their weakness was they're so principled. And I just, there's maybe a part of that too here where you're like, yes, it's great. He's so principled, it makes him great, but maybe it also harms him. Um, some other reasons that the Nuggets might get the ball popping more this year. Jeff Green, to me, was the single worst ball is popping player. And I have to put a caveat here. Primarily, that was with the bench. The Nuggets had the least ball is popping non-Jokic minutes possible last year. Yeah. The ball never popped without Jokic on the court. So their starters really were great, and all these blended lineups could get to those points. But their bench units were like Jeff Green. Ice. They, they had that in the playbook that they'd run two, three times a game just because it was like, we need a play. Right. I he's, loved that play. He's gone, and there's not a replacement for him. Like they're not going to start going. Well, let's go to the. Let's just put Zeke Naji in that role, and we'll ISO him on the elbow Ooh, three times. Like, I like where no this is way. Going. So I wonder if taking Jeff out just naturally forces the bench unit to have to be a little bit more ball is popping. Christian Brown, elite ball is popping player. He knows his role. He doesn't take bad shots. He cuts hard. It all comes down to Zeke and Peyton Watson because I don't know. I don't know if there's any other players that don't feel like the starting five plus Christian Brown, all ball is popping like near 10 out of 10 players. It's those other guys now that I wonder where do they fit onto this? Can Zeke, is he like, not, I don't want to say smart enough, but does he read the game quick enough? Quick enough. To, I think to, is to, the, yeah, that's I think the that's way. The one. And then Peyton Watson, like the dude played high school basketball last time he played a full season. Yeah. Like that's not ball is popping basketball. Yeah. So that's to me, the X factor. I actually think that's where I would imagine his inexperience is going to manifest the most yeah. as he's, We'll probably miss some looks. We'll probably look to score. And if the Nuggets do have any elements of jazz, going back to the earlier segment, you you don't learn that from, from watching. You learn it from being a part of it. So that would be a natural area of improvement. 
I love the Jeff Green point, though, and taking Bones out of the equation. Bones and Jamal on the floor at the same time were two guys that were understandably looking to make something happen with their ball handling. Yes, there's the potential it just goes more Jamal ISO heavy, but there's also a potential that he's able to move and expect to get the ball back quicker. Sometimes you would throw it to Bones and... You know, it's a lot of dribbling, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I just it could change. It could change. I also think Calvin, and this probably is less about paying off this year, but if you look at Calvin's ads, Jalen Pickett, I've always said booty ball is like Jokic ball if Jokic was six foot two point guard. It's like, but he's a ball is popping player to me. He makes I made the video about it, he makes connecting passes. Uh Tyson Hunter, ball is popping player. Sure. Moves well off ball, shoots the ball well, cuts, um, doesn't need to touch the ball. Like if it doesn't find him, he's fine. And then Julian Strother, I think probably maybe the least of them, but still really a high-level ball is popping type guy. Can you pull up a list of the Steve Wynn comment right there with Reggie Jackson? Uh, mm, Reggie, that, I think this ah, is a tough right. one. And, yeah, you're right. But That's I also one. don't know. Man, you're right about how, this. We don't know yet. Like they might just go to the Jamal Stagger, and there might not be a lot of Reggie, man. And we also the thing about Reggie is I don't know that he's been in an environment where there's been like been called for this. To be right, it's been fostered. Yeah. yeah, it was like in Detroit and yeah, the Clippers. You know, Clippers. it wasn't that. Now, I'm not – the absence of evidence isn't evidence, right? <laughs> I, w- I will say I hope Malone's approach this year is not I just want Reggie to be Reggie because I, I don't. It is going to be his Reggie approach, I want Reggie to be though. a point guard. So, But I know – I don't – that sounds too harsh on Reggie, by the way, who just got here. Like I'm yeah. not married to this idea that Reggie can't get it done. But what we saw last year was very far away from what it needs to be if this dynamic is to manifest. Yeah. I will say, though, on the roster – Pickett, Tyson, Strother, Christian. Those guys to me are all like ball is popping players. Peyton, great chance of turning into that. Zeke Naji, you know, we'll see. But I think he can be that as well. Like Denver has – this is different than years past where you had Bull Bull and uh, Bones and RJ Hampton and just like a bunch of players that were like, yes, they really have a lot of upside, but are they ball is popping types? Not really. And Zeke, okay, maybe is the processing I think a very – fair point but also the skill set you have to be able to like pass and read and but here's what he's not he's not a receive the ball and dribble guy that's true he can be i'm open i'll shoot you know it's near the rim i'm going for this layup so he can at least not detract from that by needing what jeff green needed or a better way to put it would be becoming a crutch in the way that jeff green did final answer does the is the ball popping more this year than it was last year i'm going to say yes I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that the title loosens up the approach to the regular season, which could ultimately foster an even more trusting five-man unit, which is crazy to say, Adam, because I don't know if you remember, they went 16-4. and I think I agree with you. I think their peaks, I don't know what the average or the mean will be, but I think that the peaks will have like a better where we're like, wow, this team is even at its peak better. Their five-man unit in particular, even better than it was last year. All right, let's take a final break on the other side. Mailbag. Gotta let vote cook to end the show. <laughs> Excuse me. Man, I love Bacchus and Shanker. I haven't been hurt in a long time, Adam. Thank goodness. Next time I get hurt at work, hopefully that doesn't happen. Or just maybe in a in a in a car accident, motorcycle accident. Okay. I will think about no, I'm not gonna think about it. I'm gonna call Bacchus and Shanker because there's no risk when I dial 222. They're not gonna charge me, Adam, just to speak with them. In fact, they're not gonna charge me to take on my case. Not until they win my case, and they have won cases, buddy. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the decades in Colorado. They are uh, committed to making sure you are unafraid to reach out to them to receive the proper representation and hopefully compensation if you were injured and it wasn't your fault. So call our guys Bacchus and Shanker at 222-2222. Again, if you see the bus, don't chase it. They're not on it. They don't sign autographs. The bus driver gets mad at you. I learned that the hard way. Shady Rays is great for Colorado because the sun is shining year round, isn't it, baby? I really thought I was moving to a tundra. I was like Jerry Judy. I was ready for the bears and the cabins. Nope. Sunny, sunny city. It's awesome. And it's a great place to have Shady Rays so that all year long uh, you can take on the sun with gear built to last. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. And when you go to ShadyRays.com and use code DNVR, you can get uh, 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's half off two plus pairs of solar polarized sunglasses why would you pay a million bucks to look like a million bucks when you can just shop risk-free with shady rays why why would you all right back mailbag time we're gonna reach into the mailbag here and my first one comes from t sweezy teeing it up for b vote 
power rank the teams you'd least want to see win the NBA title this year? What a great question, T. Sweezy. I feel like this show has been too respectful and nuanced lately, so let's put together a I mean, dis- We talked about Gladwell. We had a Nietzsche reference. I know. Like, what are we doing? Let's I know. get dumb. Yeah. yeah, let's muck it up here. Okay, number one is the Boston Celtics. Is this true? It is true. I do. You would rather the Lakers win than the Celtics? Yes. And I don't – let me be clear, by the way, because someone came after me on this on Twitter. I don't believe I'm representing Denver with this opinion. It's a Brendan vote opinion. Yeah. I don't – it's – it's like Harrison wins not representing all of DNVR Nuggets by saying that the Buffs are the number yeah. one you team know, in Colorado. Going a little bit against brand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Their overtime win against CSU did not make them better than the 2023 Denver Nuggets. Are you sure about that? NBA champions. Okay. Yeah. All right. Some say world champions. Not everyone, but some. Well, you're clearly not watching national media shows. But actually, for me personally, is the Celtics number one. But it's the same way that for all of you, it's the Lakers number one. I just grew up in New Jersey. I can't do it, and I'm too committed to it. Number two, however, is the Los Angeles Lakers. Because as I told you guys earlier in the show, this Denverite thing, this Nuggets thing, it's in my blood, baby. I'm a citizen of the nation. Hold, hold up a second. I don't want the Celtics to win the title, but I don't want the Lakers to win a game. Yeah, I get it. You know what I, I mean? I, I, like, I, I don't even it. want them to make the playoffs. I get it. If you told me, do I want the Nuggets to sweep the Lakers in the playoffs or the Lakers to miss the playoffs? I would take the Lakers missing the playoffs. Yeah, totally. I'd have to look at what they would get from the draft. Hopefully they don't have a pick. But still, I don't care. I would be like, no, I want them to just miss... I want them to just miss the play-in. Just barely miss it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Last last game of the year, triple overtime. LeBron misses the jumper. They're out. I think these two teams mirror each other, right? There's some coastal. There's some regional. But we dislike them for similar reasons yeah, in no the same way. We didn't watch winning, winning times. <laughs> We're the worst two people to talk <laughs> about. So Sorry it got canceled. Oh, uh, man, what a bummer. That's, we just, oh, yeah. Uh, that's favorite terrible. Teams. Number three is different. I'll probably stop at three because we got to keep it moving. Numbers three is different because there's there's is not happenstance by who they are regionally and who they are to the media and the world at large. Theirs is their own doing. The Phoenix Suns. Oh, I you're just, so right. You, you earned your way into my hate circle. You earned your way. And I don't want to see you guys win because you winning would be the antithesis of the Nuggets winning last year. Your approach would be validated. I don't want your approach to be validated. And your fans really bummed me out when they made fun of Jamal Murray tearing his ACL. So yeah. you're on the list. To me, I think I go Lakers, Suns, 1A, 1B. It's that close. Like this, it, The Lakers have to be always be one for me. They just it's have fair. to. That's right. I think the Suns are probably number two. I'm with you. There's also just something. The Suns not winning it, there's something satisfying about that as well. That's aside from the Nuggets winning it. Just of like yeah, this oh, idea yeah. of like. You can just cobble it together like yeah, that. Yeah, like I don't want that to be the case. That's, I don't want that to be true at all. So um, I think they're number two. I don't feel the same way about the Celtics that you I do, it. even I though it. I hate them. Even though I don't like the Celtics. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like them, but I don't feel that way. Part of it is that they low-key have some likable players over the years. Like, I don't like the idea of the Celtics more than I've actually disliked <laughs> some of those Horford. guys. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he's Horford. fucking awesome. Like, yeah, really, Al, it's funny to think of Al Horford weighing up your hate to where you're like, yeah, I can't I'm hate like, them. I'm... I only hate him because he's hit so many clutch threes and he's so smart. But <sighs> after, I, after this, I might honestly go to the Clippers. I, I was going to go to the Clippers, too. I, oh, Philly. We got to throw Philly in there. No offense, PHOI. It's... it's you know, the yeah. whole business is booming, but I personally, you know, would like to see the second round ceiling stick around. That's the Mount Rushmore for me of teams I don't want to see. Boston's not on my Mount Fair Rushmore. Enough. Philly, Lakers, Clippers, Suns. That's the Mount Rushmore for me of. Uh, I think that's it. And then, yeah, Clippers, just enough with the Clippers, you know, enough. There's no, I mean, the Knicks would annoy me just because of how much the media would really love it. Um, but I don't really care. Yeah. And there's really nobody else in the West that's like bothering me. Like, I don't want these teams to win. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it doesn't mean I'm rooting for Minnesota or Golden State or any of those, no, but no. I just don't have that same, same peace in my heart uh, to hate them. All right. Next question Who is going, this comes from Chill Doocy. Who is going to play more minutes next season, Hunter Tyson or Julian, Justin Holiday? First of all, Deuce, I think you knew the answer to this question when you asked it, but let's engage. I don't. I saw you say that, and then I like I almost responded like, "Great question." So, it is a great question. Who's, I think I know what he's thinking. I think I know why this question exists. All right, hold, hold, you're going to say because Justin Holiday because he's going to play. Correct. I don't think he is. Who was it that just did an interview? Oh no, 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 no. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. Nobody did interview. It was a conversation. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'll say this. <laughs> I am kind of ha- I'm kind of good catch, bro. I'm kind of hamming it up for sure with the Malone dynamic. But I, I also earnestly believe this. The set rotation should not include either of those guys if plan A. 
I just, the first time the going gets tough, do I think Malone's going to fall back on Hunter Tyson or Justin Holiday? The, the answer is probably Justin Holiday, but it's not like neither are going to play that much. I would love the timeline where Hunter Tyson does. I want to see what he's got. What the, one of the brightest timelines from an intrigue standpoint for this season would be Malone having a completely different approach to what the team needs. To, be, to saying, like, we have six guys and I need to find eight, so I need to find two more. And I just, the regular season, whatever, I just need to find two guys and I have the whole runway of the season to find that out. So Pickett, you're going to play. Tyson, you're going to play. Holiday, you might even play. Like, we just need to play these guys and see which, and which see one sticks. And see what works, yeah. And that would make for a fun year just getting an opportunity to see. I mean, well, look, let's be honest. We kind of just want to see these guys. That's part yeah. of why you, like, default to they should play. And also hammering these offseason takes over and over again like i hope justin holiday plays well if he plays you know and yeah. i hope we can make him a folk hero i'm not trying to be out on him but it's a it's a scenario that seems frustrating that seems very much on the table is that fair i love it i think it is uh matthew Camaras asks if Deion sanders that's coach prime coach stays prime, in colorado yeah. for a few <laughs> years could it raise the profile of the state to be a cool place to be and attract free agents. There's actually a really interesting a really question, question in here. I think it might be more realistic than any factor we've talked about. <laughs> like winning a title? Yeah, we thought we were like, oh, that'll do it. Probably not. Yeah, that'll get free agents to I mean, Wynn put the buffs one, bro. I know he did. It's uh, so true. I love you, Harrison. It's only funny because you're never wrong. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Um, He's also a secret buffs person. He like has hidden that from everyone this whole time, but now you see that it's peeking out. Yeah, it's peeking out. He's like, I like the Nuggets. I love the buffs. I mean, there's also just the obvious dynamic, which I will acknowledge. There's a, um, there's just the cultural revolution of the CU thing in Boulder, which is, I think, a little bit unheard of. And so, there, as far as helping the NBA become a destination city, like, yeah, does it help that Lil Wayne and Kawhi Leonard were on the sideline for the Rocky Mountain Showdown? Maybe. Well, maybe. So you know how it helps. Like, Kawhi Leonard was out in Boulder. First of all, Boulder, people don't know this. Boulder is gorgeous. Boulder is absolutely like, – Denver's a pretty city. But Boulder, it's not – I mean, it's a city, but it's a small city. But it is gor- – it's right up against the mountains. Some of the pre- – the Flatirons are gorgeous. The weather on Saturday was, like, pristine. And so, guys, this is where it maybe helps is Kyle Lowry came through and Kawhi Leonard. And I just – most of the times those guys come to Denver, it's for one night. They stay at the uh, Four Seasons. Bit. The it club closes earlier than they like. The airport's way over there. Instead, this time they're out and they're like, man, this is the most beautiful place on earth. Um, you know, it's pretty – there's a vibe. There's the Wayne's out here. here. Like, yeah, Wayne, it's like, not – like that's the kind of stuff that makes you in the NBA club. It's like a – I don't know. And so it's – Coach Prime need – it's a bummer he didn't go to a playoff game. You know, like Sean Payton goes and sits yeah. courtside. Like this is also probably on the Nuggets. The Nuggets need to like That's learn. A good point. You know what I mean? Like he Sean Payton there. sitting courtside. I'm sure the Nuggets could be like, you know what? We have a twenty five thousand dollar courtside seat. Is it cooler if we have Coach Prime sitting there, or if we sell that ticket for twenty five thousand dollars and make that revenue? It's way cooler to have Prime there. That's a good point. As we now see, he's worth any amount of money just to to bring that that energy. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and answer no. Okay, this will cool. Have no impact. Sick. Awesome. Yeah, this will have no impact. It's good the Nuggets. discussion. It's so wholly separate. Um, and it's also like Boulder. I just feel like I'm telling you the coach prime thing is so weird because in a weird way, it doesn't even feel like CU. Well, it, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? It's not even the buffs. It's right. just, it's coach prime and it's great. It's a testament it's, to how incredible he is. Awesome at this stuff. for the Boulder. But as we learned this week, his fans don't even like us. <laughs> <laughs> That, like that, we are just merely a vessel of delivering yeah. him to right, them, you right, know. Right. But so it's it's this weird thing. I don't think that it transcends those boundaries. Okay. The last one from Grace: Will the second unit be better by virtue of having an actual offensive options? And then she put in parentheses: Watson, Strother, Tyson, if not MPJ, and young guys with energy to re- to rebound instead of Uncle Jeff. <laughs> I like that last part. Um, the last part is interesting. I mean, rebounding. Look, maybe Watson, Strother, Tyson. Peyton's going to play. Those other guys, I just don't know. Yeah. And then on top of that, are we sure Watson's an offensive option? No. Uh, no. And we hadn't – I mean, we haven't even seen Struthers shooting materialize, which is – it was summer league, not to right. say it wouldn't. But there's not a ton of evidence that they're ready to do that yet, I think is the best way to look at it. I think the second unit will be better on offense by virtue of they were horrible on offense last year. Like, it's hard to be worse than that. And that I think they stand a chance of being better on defense from the jump. And then that part right there. I think that that second unit is just going to play in transition and get some stops. That's the recipe that we know Peyton can do. We know Christian Brown can do. That would be the recipe. And then that opens up your offense. But in terms of like, 
are they going to run a play for Strother? Is he going to play? And then if they do, it's like, all right, we're going to run the plays for right. him. Let's call that Strother playbook. Now we're ready play. for the non-yoke minutes. Yeah, yeah it does feel a little far-fetched. And same goes with Peyton Watson. I love him, but I just I would be so surprised if he was that caliber of offensive player this year. I think Watson. I mean, I don't. Every fan is responsible for their own perspective, but I. I do want to sit behind the microphone and maybe try to reset the expectations a little bit. I think he's a very talented prospect, and I think he should be viewed as a prospect with question marks, right? That he might answer wow. um, resoundingly in a good, in an affirmative way, but have yet to be answered. Like we just the same way you would with any rookie. He does not have a ton of experience. The college situation was not what you'd hope for. I think it's fair to have questions about Watson while still believing in his ability. All right, that does it for today's show. Man, another one. You know, if you're a Nuggets fan, fun we're not things that to bad. Think about. Yeah. Fun things to think about in the offseason. Two weeks from today, we're going to be at training camp, guys. It is starting to ramp up. I'm That's telling crazy, you, it is bro. crazy. You're going to start seeing videos of people in town. Um, the workouts are we're going to be at Red Rocks, I'm sure, here soon. Um, we're going to start seeing the Red Rock stuff. You know, who knows? When, when does Yoke get to Denver this year? It might is be it later than ever. It might be later than ever. Well, last year it was literally media day. He arrived. Oh, he got right point. there. So is it? I mean, he's not going to miss media day. I don't think. <laughs> Actually, there's a chance, but he's probably not. <laughs> I. Uh, is he, it going to be like that again? The weekend of? You know, only ever projecting, but just based off the videos, I think so. He's enjoying it, man, and I'm cool with it. It's a long season. He doesn't really need to be it's here early. It's a long season. It doesn't really matter. He doesn't but, even need to be here in November. But I miss him, man. Yeah, I want him to be here. Yeah, I'd love for him to be out there. Red rocks, you know, working hard, all those things. <laughs> Everybody, hit that like button first on the way out. We'll see you.